Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily presented by the Dallas Morning News, where many days of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas basketball Mavericks. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today, one of our chief scribes at Mavs.com. And if you listen to the Senior Old Boys podcast, I guess you know that uh, he's a senior old boy. Is that is that insulting, Dwayne? Is Dwayne Price? <laughs> Something like that. I'm old, Bobby. <laughs> and, and I'm a senior. <laughs> no, you, that, it just means you're experienced. You're experienced. I like that. Yeah. That's a, that's a nicer word. You know, uh, uh, let me equate that to something. Uh, when I used to hear the phrase, uh, white collar crime, I didn't know what that was. Then I looked it up and say, oh, you a thief. They <laughs> 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 dressed it up and made it sound nice. And stuff. <laughs> it's a pleasant way of saying that you're a felon, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you extort like $3 billion. Uh, it's just a white collar crime. Nothing to see here. But uh, for real. Uh, we recorded an episode of Senior Old Boys on, uh, well, it was on Friday, right? I think, or maybe on, it was, yeah, it was on Friday morning. Uh, you and me and Eddie, you guys invited me on. It's a great podcast. If you have not listened to it, you can check it out. It's everywhere. It's on iTunes, Spotify, the whole shebang. So uh, definitely go check it out. We talked all about the NBA Finals, which at the time was only game five. Um, of course, they, they played game five that night. The Heat won. They played game six this weekend, and the Lakers won. So the Lakers are your NBA champions. Um, but, you know, you can you can listen to that episode to get kind of Dwayne's full thoughts on the finals. But, Dwayne, before we get to today's player recap, uh, do you have any anything to say about, uh, you know, the Lakers getting the job done, LeBron getting number four? Congratulations to the Lakers. Now they are now, they are now tied with the Boston Celtics for the most NBA titles of all time, 17. Each franchise has 17. And if I'm not mistaken, I might have the numbers wrong. You can look that up. I think it's been 64 champions, I want to say. And between those two, they have 34. So that's, wow. that's a lot. But then, then again, I mean, if you got two of the top five players in the game, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you should win, especially yeah. in a year when there's no Clay Thompson, there's no Steph Curry, there's and, uh, you know, and then on the other side, there's no uh, Kevin Durant and there's no Kyrie Irving. So if the Lakers wouldn't have got it done this year, next year would have been real interesting whether LeBron would have ever got another ring with the Lakers because he's going to be 36 years old in December. He's not getting any younger, you know, so. Uh, but he's not getting any worse, man. He's, he's played 1,500 games in his career, including playoffs, and he's still yeah. averaging 25 and 10. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he's putting up some incredible numbers and not taking that away from him. But although Michael George still the GOAT, you're not going to even have that conversation. Boom. There you go. Dwayne <laughs> just dropped the mic on our video <laughs> chat. He just he just picked up a microphone, a really nice microphone, and just threw it against the wall. You know, my, my only thing with Jordan is, man, if he wouldn't have left basketball to go play baseball those two years, a year and a half, or whatever it was, and they would have had to play a, a Kim Olajuwon in the finals two years in a row, what would have happened? It would have been interesting. It yeah. would have been interesting because, I mean, they had, you know, that was before they had Rodman. And so they were, well, who was their, they, they didn't even have, I mean, I guess they had Horace Grant at power forward. They had, who was their center back then? Was it Luke Longley? Bill was before, or was, they saw Bill Cartwright, right? Right, yeah. Bill Cartwright was there. I think Ubi Blab was there. Uh, that was before they got Bill. It was before they got Luke Longley. It was before they got some other guys. Yeah, yeah. 
but the thing is, a, a, a king would have got here, and but Jordan's gonna get here, you know. Mm-hmm. But who's gonna guard Pippen? You know, that's that's the point, you know. So, but that was get Smith, obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing, man. I felt like we we, we got cheated out of a couple of years because obviously when he came back and won three more years in a row, so they won six out of eight. Might have gone eight in a row, man. And yep. if they wouldn't have stopped them after the after the uh, 97, 98 season, they might have won another one because the next year was a lockout year. And that was the year the, the Spurs won their first in, in the uh, uh, 98, 99 season, which is a Dirk's rookie year. Yep. When the season didn't start to February because of the lockout. A lot of people don't remember that. I did mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be we'll be getting closer to February by the time next season starts. So it will be the 2021 season uh, played exclusively in 21 at this rate. Adam Silver has said that it's probably going to be January. Um, rumor has it that Martin Luther King Day is kind of like the the semi sort of circled in pencil, you know, that you can erase uh, target date, which is it's always mid January, like the third Monday, I think, in January is usually when that is, I want to say so. Um, mid to late January, and then the draft, of course, is November 18th. Free agency will be between November 18th and uh, the start of the season. And if if we are going to start, say, I, I don't know what uh, Martin Luther King Day is off the top of my head, but say like January 18th or something, um, that means your camp is going to start in December. Uh, if you play preseason, I mean, it'll be like late December, early January, probably early January, I would imagine. So, uh, I mean, even though... This was a year-long season, Dwayne. I mean, you only get like another month, month and a half off before teams starting to do draft, free agency, then guys are starting to show up for camp. I mean, like, it seems far off, but this time is going to go by pretty quick, I think. Yeah, but they had a lot of time off when the season was shut down on March 11th before, it, you know, it started back up, you know, in late July. And before I go in for the hats off to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, and all of his crew and everybody that, that helped pull off that bubble, you know, including the players, you know, because they had to agree to it and all that. That had to be something incredible because they were over there in the bubble. The teams that went to the finals were in the bubble over, over three months, being away from their family and all that, and just, you know, not being able to leave leave the place and leave the bubble and all that. And, and there were no cases of coronavirus. So, I mean, uh, I mean, this would be a, a, a teaching tool you know, for all the other sports. Hockey did it, too. They were able to pull it off, too, up there in Canada. But uh, as you can see, the NFL is having some issues with, with theirs because they don't have a bubble, you know. So, yeah. You know, so, but uh, like I said, I just wanted to congratulate Adam Silver and the rest of the people in the NBA headquarters for pulling off the bubble. I know they don't want to do it again, and I understand why. It, it was expensive. The players don't want to do it. And uh, I don't know if the league wants to do it, but they, they won't do it again. And it, just, it was just a lot of time away from your family. Now, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I think the reporters who were in tier one in the bubble, when they got there, they had to be quarantined in their room for like a week before they could come out. I don't know if I could do that, Bobby. That, that's like basically no no fresh air. You know, you know, they, somebody bring your food, I think, knock on your door and tell you your food is right there outside the door. I don't know if I could be holed up in the room for seven days. You know, it, it's only just so much. So many, so much TV, so much music, so much anything that you can do. Seven days. I want to just, if nothing, just get fresh air. Now, maybe if I had a hotel room with a balcony, I can get some fresh air. I might be okay. But just up in that room for seven straight days, 
Nah, get me up out of there. <laughs> Within five minutes, you'd be out on the balcony spinning the water bottles like Dwight and Maxie. You'd be, you'd be putting on your own DJ set. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That was kind of yeah. cool, wasn't it? <laughs> From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. So, uh, to kick off our, uh, what is this? I don't, I don't even know how many episodes we've done of this. Like our 10th or 11th player recap installment in our uh, recap season extravaganza extraordinaire bonanza festival, uh, Dwayne, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Do you know? I'm sure you do, but you know, let's play along for the listeners here. <laughs> do you know who led the team in minutes played for your 2019-20 Dallas Mavericks total minutes played? If I had to make a guess, I think it's Dorian. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It is Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Dorian Smith led the Dallas Mavericks 2,120 minutes played. Second place on that list, actually, Tim Hardaway Jr. Third was Luca. Fourth was Maxi, And fifth was KP. And if you sort by games played, Dorian is tied for third at 71 behind Maxi. And DeLon Wright tied in third place with Tim Hardaway. In fifth place, you have Justin Jackson, then Seth Curry, and then Luka, and then KP. So the number one offense in NBA history, <laughs> Luka missed 21 games. K- well, not 21. I guess. They only played 75. Luka missed 14 games. KP missed 18 games. They were still the number one offense of all time. So that alone should have you pretty pumped for next season. But anyway, anyway. That's a trick question, though, because you thought it would have been Luka. You know yeah, I mean? you would have thought, even even with the games missed, you right, know, like right. he, he plays so many minutes. But uh, but yeah, no, it was Dorian. He was one of two Mavs uh, to play at least 2,000, or well, one of three Mavs. Luca barely got there to play 2,000 minutes this season. So in many ways, he was kind of the team's uh, the team's Iron Man. Now, he, he did miss some games. He only played 71 games. Again, the Mavs played 75, so he missed four games. Uh, but he led the team in minutes. Uh, he was always guarding the other team's best player. Like, no matter what position he played, like, he would guard, like, freaking Jokic sometimes. I mean, he was always on the other team's best player. Uh, so, you know, I, I know we all know Luka gets his butt kicked on offense sometimes, and he's getting fouled and knocked to the ground and everything. But you could make the case that, uh, that Nomav left it all out on the floor in the way that Dorian did because of all the work that he put in on defense. So... Uh, shout out to him on on a on a really 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 good season, uh, Dwayne. Overall, I mean, he averaged. I want to say he averaged career highs like in everything. He averaged career high in points, uh, career high in rebounds, career high in assists, uh, career high in blocks, career high field goal percentage, career high three point percentage, um, career high effective field goal percentage. Um, I mean, he just had this was the best season of his career by far. Like, there's there's no there's no debate. Yeah, and and, and to your point. Uh, that was going to be, you know, I normally don't write down anything, but I did write this down because I've never been so proud of any member of the Mavericks that I have a Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, of course, we were all there, and when he was undrafted, 
out of Florida in 2016. And uh, his numbers across the board, points, rebound, assists, field goal percentage, three-point shooting, minutes played, everything went up every year except one year, his second year in the league, the assist totals 1.2, the second year was the same, his third year, but everything else went up. And in particular, the three-point shooting, because I'd never, I'd never forget telling Doria, because you know, most guys come into the league, everybody wants to shoot, they want to score. At the end of the day, they want to go into management and say, look how many points I average. Dorian came in, kicking butt right out of college, kicking butt on the defensive end of the floor. And like you said, he guarding point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, the center position. And I said, Dorian, if you just get yourself a three-point shot, man, you're going to be off the chart. And he worked at it, worked at it year after year. His first year as a rookie averaged uh, 29.3% on threes. Then he went up to 29 then 31.1%. That is amazing. I mean, this this guy, like you said, hard work pays off. And and Bobby, you and I, we've been in there after practice, you know, when when guys stay behind and they're still working on their game. And you see multiple times when Dorian being there, shooting three, shooting three, shooting three. And now in the game, before in the game, when Dorian gets a three-point shot, oh, no, please don't shoot it. Now it's like, please get the ball to Dorian, man. Because <laughs> yeah. I got so much confidence in him. Like I said, 37.6%. That's right up there. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I get, he's probably in the top, what, 40 in the league, three-point shooting, maybe top 30 at that. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely above average. And he was one of your league leaders in wide-open threes. And so teams, so Dorian and Maxi were both top 10 in the league in wide-open three-point attempts. Now, both of them shot very well from three. In fact, I think Maxi was above 37% too. Uh, let me check, just double check. Yeah, he was above 37%. And so both of those two guys, like, this is the the whole thing about the Mavs offense. You got Luka, you got KP, you got Tim. Seth Curry's always out there. You can't take away everything as a defense. You just can't. You don't have enough people and there's way too much space. And so if you're going to give up something – Based on the way that he shot at the first three years of his career, you're going to think, okay, well, let's let Dorian shoot. Well, teams let Dorian shoot this year, and he had the best year of his career. I mean, right. so now it's like, okay, well, you can't really do that anymore. So now what do you do? Who are you going to – I mean, you just can't – you can't it, – it's it's a really a pick-your-poison uh, kind of thing. But to your point about improving every year, way back in 2016-17, he was an undrafted free agent out of Florida. Like you said, the Mavs picked him up, and uh, he played 81 games that year as a rookie. He didn't really crack the rotation until like the fourth or fifth game of the year. They played Milwaukee. Giannis was kind of having a good game. Uh, you know, Rick tried everything. Finally, he threw Dorian in there. Dorian had a really, really good game against Giannis. The Mavs won in overtime. Held the Bucks to, I think, 75 points in an overtime game, which is insane. Like, to think that that was, that was only four years ago that a team scored 75 in overtime. But uh, Dallas won. And ever since then, really, Dorian's been like a, a mainstay in the rotation. But... Uh, throughout that entire year, he struggled really in every way from the field. He only shot 37% from the field, 29% from three. Uh, and then the next season, he worked on his shot so much, but he he hurt himself really early in the year. A game, I, I think, like in Washington, hurt. I don't even remember what the injury was. Do you? It was like some knee thing, or like a ligament thing in his hamstring or his quad or something. Yeah, I and he missed almost the entire year. He only played 21 games. Right. And he was like, he was not a part of the team basically for that season. 
And then last year he came back and worked on a shot some more and had some slightly better results. He was 31% from three, but it still really wasn't there. But I mean, you're talking about taking like just incremental small steps, baby steps forward every year. And finally it's going to add up to something big, but you know, the biggest difference in his game, not only the, the has the percentages changed, but remember whenever he came in the league, he had that real like kind of janky hitch at the top of his jump shot. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, it served him fine in college. It's a shorter three-point line and everything. And, you know, defend, defenders close out slower and all that stuff. So it's all good. But once you get to the NBA, you have less time to get rid of the ball before there's a hand in your face. And also, it's a much further shot. So all of that extra motion is just you're just wasting all that energy on the on the hitch. Right. And so he put in a ton of work, Dwayne. I mean, I remember two, three years ago, Coaches were saying that Dorian's working more than any other player on the team. And every anytime you'd share that on Twitter, people are always so cynical, like, whoa, ho, ho, he sucks. He's a bad shooter. Like, I, stop telling me about that until he, you know, until he shows it on the court. Well, he finally did this year, you know. And so all of the hard work that he was putting in the bank two, three years ago, saving up, saving up, he was finally able to cash out this year. And he had an awesome season. So, uh, you know, just really happy, kind of like you said. I'm just really proud of the guy because uh, from where he started, as a 23, 24-year-old undrafted free agent, uh, a five-year player in college, he, he transferred a year, so he had to sit out a year. Uh, so he got to league. He was, he was older than most rookies, and he couldn't. He had this weird jump shot and all this stuff. And now he's like, this was his first year as a starter, and he was a key contributor on the best offense in NBA history, the most efficient offense in NBA history. So uh, just a, a really just a, a huge achievement for him and the, and the Mavs player development staff. And I, I was going to say, and, and what he was able to accomplish, not only the last uh, four years, but but this season, it wasn't a fluke because uh, in in his first playoff appearance uh, this year against the Clippers, who everybody say was the best defensive team in the league and one of the best defensive teams of all time, uh, Dorian even increased his numbers even more. Average ten point two points, five point seven rebounds and 3.2 assists and shot 43, 44% from the field and 36.7% from three-point range, and uh, including having four games where they made at least uh, two three-pointers. So we talked about doing all that against the best defense, defense and also best perimeter defense in the NBA. So for him to be able to do that and also had to find himself sometime uh, trying to guard Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, that speaks volumes for the season that this young man had. Yep, absolutely. So going forward for him, how old is he? He's like 27 right now? 27 years old, yep. Yep, turned 27 in May. Oh, he's a, he's a May baby. That's awesome. His birthday's right around mine. That's cool. Uh, so he's 27 years old, so still just a young strapping lad in the grand scheme of life. But in the NBA, he's kind of squarely in the middle of his prime. He signed, I believe, a three-year contract with Dallas last offseason, so he'll be here for at least another couple more years. Um, you know, as the Mavs are looking to upgrade their roster, you know, there's only so many positions, and you got Luke at one and KP at one, and so you're thinking, all right, well, now there's really only three positions to upgrade. So, you know, you can never have enough wings, so maybe that's an area that Dallas eventually looks to upgrade in. And, you know, Dorian's come off the bench before and has been good, but – Dude, I mean, if, if they're not able to, whatever, swing some huge trade for, like, a superstar player or anything like that, like, I am totally fine with keeping Dorian in the starting lineup based on what I've seen from him in the past and also this season because as it stands right now, you know, he's kind of the closest thing to that lockdown, shutdown defender that you have on the perimeter. He's a very versatile defender, and he can knock down open jump shots. And that's 
exactly what you need, you know, if you're going to play with Luca, you have to be able to protect him on defense and, you know, be able to hit the open shots on offense that he's going to create for you. So I'm fine with him staying in the starting lineup, you know, unless they can make that, you know, it's huge, massive upgrade. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Unless you're going out there and getting a, uh, like you say, a, a top tier player, you know, I think this team is is in good shape. I just feel bad for, for Dwight Powell and Jalen Bronson because had those two guys been in the bubble and was able to play and healthy and able to play, I think the Mavericks would have beat the Clippers. They won two games against them. KP didn't play the last three, and, and Luka played what, the last four with a, on a bad ankle. And then uh, who's that? Uh, Marquise Morris stepped on it. You know, in one of those games, and then well, accidentally, Dwayne. Accidentally, of course. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah, right, right. Wink, wink. And uh, <laughs> and then slap him upside the head uh, another time. You know, when guys are start doing that, that's all that tells me. Oh, you can't beat him straight up. So you gotta do all this old dirty stuff. You know, to try to get him technicals and thrown out of the game because you know he gonna wear you out, which is what he was doing anyway. So, uh, well, what I was trying to say is. If the Mavs are healthy and just bring that team back and, you know, maybe add another player. Every team needs to add another player, probably even the Lakers, you know. Uh, yeah. You bring that team back. And I want to see what they can do because I think they're going to be very efficient. You know, they got a year under their belt. They finally got a playoff series under their belt, first time in the playoffs since 2016. You know, they know what they got to do. They were Obviously, they were not afraid of the Clippers, even though this was the team that everybody said, oh, that's the worst matchup. The Mavericks could play in the Western Conference, but they went out there. They held, they held their own. You know, at one point that series was two-two. You know, and who knows what would have happened? Like I said, if the Mavs would have been healthy. So I have a question for you. As like we said earlier, you're an experienced, seasoned reporter. Uh, whenever you've been around teams or seen teams around the league that have had so many guys, you know, kind of like on the come up, right? Like you know, generally younger team. You have so many guys that have career years in the same year. Like this year, you could make the case that obviously Luca had the best year. KP might have had his best season. He had that really good year in New York before he got injured. But, um, you know, most importantly, Dorian, Maxi, probably Dwight, um, Tim Hardaway, I would have to think. You know, there's so many players on this team that had the best year of their career. Highest percentage from three. Seth Curry had an amazing season from three as well. Is there any, like, I don't know, reason to think or, like, or any, any kind of, like, looming worry that, okay, well, maybe it was just, like, a fluke? Or do you think that there's enough, especially for a guy like Dorian, who had so many years of kind of, like, below average three-point shooting, then he comes out and has, like, a top 40, top 50 type uh, shooting season. You know, do you think that they'll be able to kind of carry it forward? Uh, you know, Luke has given them a lot of open shots. So I think that they probably can, but it, it is a matter of achieving and maintaining that level of consistency, which in many ways is like the hardest thing to do as an NBA player. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. They have Luca. Luca is the quarterback. He's going to have the ball. He can, he can see you right now through this Zoom, Bobby. You open for a <laughs> wide open jumper. That's how good Luca. Uh, <laughs> believe me. Don't pass it to me. Don't pass it to me. Give it to Dwayne. <laughs> Give it to Dwayne. He can dunk. <laughs> and, and, and the great thing about Luke is, you and I both know, this guy can average 35 or 40 if he wants to. But you know what? He'd rather average 35 or 40 assists a game. So all you got to do is get open. He's going to get you the ball. 
And for the most part, somebody's going to be open because if they, if they only got one guy on Luka, they're already in trouble. If he gets in the lane and he's past you, he's at layup territory. And you and you both know how many times he done passed up a layup or throw it out to the three-point line because he's trying to get his teammates off. He already know he can get healed. You know, I know his ego is not that big and all that. I, he ain't going to say that. We can say it for him. We have seen it. It's like, this dude is like unguardable. <laughs> so ha- having said that, yeah, I think everybody else's game is going to go up another level. And it's going to be, like I say, it's going to be even more so when they get Dwight Powell next season. Because now we're going to have the lob dump back in the game because that kind of disappeared a little bit this season, you know, because Dwight got, got injured back in uh, January and, and he was not available during the, uh, during the bubble. And also uh, with, with uh, uh, Brunson, he was another guy that was good on the lob duck passes to uh, to uh, Dwight. But yeah, I think all those guys' numbers are going to go, going to continue to go up. But how much higher can they go? They were already the number one offensive team in the history of the NBA. I mean, wh- where do we go from him? You go in there higher, man. You're going to bust my brain, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> the records were made to be broken, Dwayne. And like we said, I mean, Luca missed. 14 games, he only played 61, KP only played 57. So, I mean, if they just play more, then, I mean, you you do stand to get a little better, hopefully. But uh, lest we forget, too, the night when Lucas set a career high with 19 assists, he had one of the most unique stat lines ever, 36, 19, and 14, I think it was, against Milwaukee. Right. A lot of those assists went to Dorian. He had right. six threes in that game. He scored a career high 27 points when the Mavs beat Milwaukee in the bubble. And so... Uh, you know, again, that's a, that's another case. Milwaukee was converging on the lane, and they're leaving Dorian open. Like, you can't leave that guy open. He will punish you. You can't leave Seth Curry. Well, you can't leave Tim Hardaway either. Well, you can't leave Porzingis, and you can't leave Luka. So what do you do? Every single time down the floor is a problem for the opponent. So one night, Dwayne, we need to challenge. Uh, you're, uh, you're braver than me, so I'll let you do it. You need to challenge Luka to, like, go out and get 30 assists. Just, like – just say, Luca, don't shoot at all. Just pass every time. Just pass. Just get get thirty. See if he see if he can do it. You know what? You know what? It wouldn't shock me if he could. What's the NBA record? I know. I know some guy, Kevin Porter. Didn't Scott Skiles get thirty one time or no? Who was it? Was it Scott Skiles? Scott Skiles. Or, I know. Hang on. Do do a little talking. I'm gonna do some research real quick. Okay. I know Kevin Porter's up there. He has you know, like twenty five or twenty six. I don't Jason Kidd had a 20 assist game one time for the Mavs, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Jason Kidd. I, I don't, you know, it's crazy. I don't even remember if Magic had one. I would assume him and Stockton both had at least one 20, 20 assist game. But uh, <clears throat> it wouldn't shock me. I mean, if it's one of those nights, you know, like, like I said, the, the Milwaukee game in the bubble, the Mavericks won 136-132 uh, in overtime. Dorian had 27, 11, and 5. He was six out of twelve from three points that range, and you know how it is. It's almost every game guys have missed like like Luca passing the ball. They may miss six or seven wide open threes. It's like oh man, and then he'll end up with like fifteen or sixteen when he could have had twenty two or twenty three. You know. What so I mean? okay, so, so the record is thirty. It is Scott Skiles who did it in regulation against oh. the Denver Nuggets in nineteen ninety. Kevin Porter, your guy, is second place with twenty nine. Jason okay. Kidd. Uh, has 25, which is tied for ninth place. Here's another challenge, trivia challenge. He's tied with one, two, three, four, five, six other players who had 25 assists. Can you name any of them? 
Oh, John Stockton, one of them. I know that. John Stockton had more than 25 assists three times. He had 26, 27, and 28. Yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, uh, oh, man. Who's my man? I was going to say Fat Lieber, but I don't know if he got that high. Now, one is a former Maverick. Uh, one has already been on this list. Uh, one was a former politician, I think. Uh, one is a current NBA TV <laughs> analyst, and one is a former coach. Politics. Recent former coach. Kevin Lothary. Who? Uh, well, I'm stuck on the former Mav. Who yeah, one former Mav. Who the heck could that And current NBA champion, unfortunately. Oh, Rondo. Yeah, yeah Rondo. Got 25 when playing for the Pelicans. He had two points. <laughs> point, 25 assists. <laughs> two points and 25 assists. He was one for five from the field. <laughs> Who's that carrying? No free throw attempts. <laughs> you said coach, the guy coaching the league right now, or used to coach? A recent former coach. He coached this season. A recent former coach. Played for the Sonics. Oh, wow. A recent. Former coach. Very, very, re- very recently relieved of his duties. Oh, that wasn't Doc Rivers. No, no, no. That's a good guess, though. Good guess. It was Nate McMillan. Nate, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Places. And then a guy named Ernie DiGregorio. Yeah, I remember Ernie with the Knicks. You're really dating yourself here, Dwayne. You're really, <laughs> really, you're really dating yourself. <laughs> Ernie D, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. All right. Good stuff. Well, I feel like we've uh, we, we've covered most of the bases. But do you have any other any other Dorian tales or, or, or moments that stand out or thoughts uh, to share kind of about him on his recap episode before we before we get going? Yeah. Yeah. Just the uh, the, the fact that uh, you know he got like I said the, the career game that he had against the Bucks, twenty seven, eleven, and five in the bubble. Well, that 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 spoke volumes because uh, you know it was against a team, a very good defensive team, and and a team that had the best record in the NBA this season. Like I said, this guy is he's there now. Whatever that that ledge is, we were trying to push him over to get to become a better perimeter shooter and a better three point shooter. He's there, and he was already there on defense. So his game is just finna finna go to the next level. It really really is. And what I like about him is the fact that, you know, I know when teams scouting, yeah, they're going to scout, they're going to hone in on Luca, hone in on KP, and, and perhaps Hardaway. They probably won't hone in on, on Dorian, which is going to work to his advantage. So I, well, I, so I look for his numbers to increase even, even much higher next season. Yep, just keep that confidence high, man. Keep the confidence high, stay in rhythm, you know, step into the shot and all that stuff. Do all, all, all those coaching truisms, but – they're they're cliche for a reason because they work, you know. And and he he kind of proved it this year. So uh, props to him and 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 props to the Mavs for kind of putting him in the, in the position to have that career season. Dwayne, thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate you as always. Anytime. And thank you out there for listening. This is uh, the third to last Mavs Daily Player Recap Extravaganza Bonanza. Uh, the penultimate episode is on Wednesday, and then the final one will be on Friday. In between now and then, because I know you're all excited to get to Wednesday and Friday, but that is a few days away. 
in between now and then, you can go vote. Early voting is open. And if you're a Dallas County resident, you can vote at American Airlines Center, Dwayne. I know you're not a Dallas County resident, but I am. So I will be heading over there one day, probably this week, to uh, to knock that out and get my nice little Mavs I voted pin. It's really cool. There's been some pictures shared on Twitter of that. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Make sure you do that. Go do your Democratic duty. And uh, and let's make this thing happen. Say uh, it is. I get the beauty of uh, going to vote at my church. My church is one of the polling places. Oh, that's cool. Collin County. I haven't been in my church since the pandemic started because obviously it was closed. So I they've been doing services like virtually or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I'm excited to go over there today and vote. Man, vote, vote, vote. I don't care who you vote for. Well, actually, I do care who you vote for, but just vote. <laughs> just vote. Hey, hey, you know how I decide who to vote for? I tell everybody, you know, we got a president in office right now. So if your if your uh Life was pretty good the last four years, and I think you need to vote for that guy. If it wasn't pretty good, then I think you need to vote for the other guy. That's how I, that's how I decide. I'll let you personally decide which way to vote based on that's, that that's a pretty good way to look at it. I think that's a pretty good way to look at it, but yeah, hey, you know, neither one of them is perfect, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So look at it that way, yep, yep. And no matter who you vote for, just do it, just do it, you know. It's, it's cool. Voting is cool. And you want to be cool, don't you? Want to be cool. You can't vote, yeah. can't complain. Yeah. If you don't vote, you can't be like Dwayne. <laughs> not be cool if you don't vote. If Dwayne is the coolest. He's the coolest. Uh, he's the coolest cat around. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Dwayne. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, smash that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And you can find Mavs Daily everywhere. He's Bobby. Or well, <laughs> he's Dwayne. I need to go home. <laughs> I'm Bobby. It's time for a nap. And uh, we'll see you next time on Mavs Daily. Bye, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs>